the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Company on your Tuesday afternoon, Adam Candy and Adam Hill on one of the more significant sports days in the history of Las Vegas. I don't use that lightly. I don't say that as a newcomer. I've lived here since 1989. Adam has been here quite a long time as well. Uh, you know what we're talking about, of course, and more John Gruden news is breaking even as we come on the air today. We have plenty of well-informed guests who are going to join us over the course of the next two and a half hours to discuss what's going on, the latest with Gruden, the very, very latest, literally breaking in the five minutes before we came on the show. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have announced that John Gruden is being removed from their ring of honor. Of course, that's where he won the Super Bowl that he has to his credit. Uh, the Buccaneers have announced that they're removing Gruden uh, in similar but different and smaller news. He also lost an endorsement deal that he had with Skechers Shoes. So let's get into trending at three. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. All right, so we know that John Gruden resigned from the Las Vegas Raiders last night. One of the more shocking developments in the history of sports news in this city. Gruden with a 10-year contract as more racist, homophobic, misogynistic emails were uncovered. Uh, leaked by the NFL? Probably. Uh, though they deny it. Um, but Gruden is out. He resigns. Mark Davis allows him to resign. We're going to talk a lot about what's Mark Davis's role in all of this, not only going forward, but in letting John Gruden coach on Sunday, because it appears he might have known, did Mark Davis, more about John Gruden's past from Friday on than we originally knew. Uh, what more might come out of this Washington football team investigation that got us the Gruden emails? Uh, we don't know. There's even more coming out now from the NFL potentially saying they might not do any more investigating. They might not go any deeper on this. But don't worry. Bruce Allen, the guy who got all the Gruden emails, uh, don't worry. He's he's not going to work again. <laughs> so I'm sure that'll take care of all of it. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, th there's the issue of the Raiders to get to. There's a season to still be played. This is not a this is not a lost season for a three and two football team, right? I mean, they came out on Sunday and they looked every bit the part, whether this is true or not, of a team that had very little interest in being on the football field because there were things going on around them off it. How much did the players know come Sunday? John Gruden met with them on Friday to brace them for the story coming out about the Demora Smith email about him calling him dumb or a Smith and saying that he has lips the size of Michelin tires. Some of his players stood up for him. They get out in the media and say, we got your back, coach. 
just an email from 10 years ago. People grow. Do they? Did John Gruden? It doesn't seem so. Seven years of emails released yesterday, breaking in the middle of Monday night football. It's, it's something else. Uh, Adam Hill is here with us. Of course, uh, Adam covers the Raiders as closely as anyone in town with the RJ. Adam, uh, get us up to speed with uh, the latest coming out of the franchise. I don't know. I mean, I've, I was walking from my car to the studio and probably like 13,000 things happened. So uh, what's the latest? I mean, we're, we're scrambling every second to keep up to date with what is the latest. It's, it's a very fast moving story, obviously. Um, but, you know, right now the, the, the direction of the franchise is, hey, let's get through the season. I think that's the feeling around the building. Uh, it's obviously going to be a new era starting, you know, next year. But you know, there is a season to finish out. There's a game to play on Sunday. And I think the company line is, let's just do whatever we can to survive the rest of this season. And John Gruden was such a, you know, all head coaches have a lot of authority and a lot of power in their organization. Uh, very few on the level that John Gruden did. And he had his handprints on everything in that organization. So um, it is going to be quite a process to just pick up and move on from this era. And that's why I think they're going to take this time and kind of sit back and just fight and claw to get through a season and then really go in a different direction after the season is over. Well, Mark Davis let him have those hands, Prince, and there are going to be a lot of questions we have to answer about that. That's going to be coming up later in the show. We have Miles Simmons with us. We have Mark McMillan, Mike Pritchard. Ryan Harris, uh, a lot of people with significant background, either playing football or covering football or covering John Gruden, who are going to weigh in on all of the aspects of the Raiders situation. We have plenty. But of course, we have something going on in town tonight that has nothing (laughs) to do with John Gruden. Adam, um, you know, we have a hockey team and apparently they're playing real games tonight against the other new fake team uh, that just came into the NHL, the Vegas Golden Knights are at home at 7 o'clock tonight against the Kraken at T-Mobile Arena. And, um, man, it, it is something else when the Vegas Golden Knights, the most consistently successful sports outfit in the history of Las Vegas, are completely overshadowed on opening night. Wait, did something happen to the Aces? Good call. Good call. <laughs> Just making sure. I, there, there's a debate to be had. I think there. Probably not today. I think there's. A, I, think there's a, <laughs> I, I think there's a reasonable uh, debate to be had there. But you know, I think for today, right here, the non-Mark Davis-owned team is going to get the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. Sure, that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, it was. It's. I was going to say it feels like 24. It literally was only 24 hours ago where the night's opening tonight was the biggest story in <laughs> town. It's crazy to think about that. And uh, the Kraken coming in and their uniforms being awesome and their name being awesome and all the excitement of an expansion team that actually did things right off the ice. I think the Golden Knights did everything right on the ice, but off the ice, the Kraken are the kings of expansion hockey. Awesome to see them come into town. And and I think, you know, the overriding story is is absolutely, you know, continuing that success, finally getting over the hump and all those other things. But to me, really, it's this is the start of a new era for the Golden Knights. It's the Robin Leonard era. It's the, you know, post, obviously, Mark andre Fleury, but post Ryan Reeves era. Like, it is a new era 
of the Golden Knights. It's also a new era of the Golden Knights post-John Gruden, and we're going to get into that a little bit later in the show as we go as well, um, because it was supposed to be that the Raiders came into this town as the NFL, as one of the biggest brands in all of sports, and how are the Golden Knights going to compete with that? Before we ever saw the Golden Knights do what they did, how are they going to keep up with the NFL being in town? And I think the question is going to flip on its head, at least for a little while. How do the Raiders keep up with the Golden Knights? Uh, we find out the beginning of the Golden Knights story here in year five tonight uh, as they take the ice against the Seattle Kraken. It's a seven o'clock start. Catch it all the places you usually do on ATD Sportsnet. But of course, uh, right here in the Lotus family over on Fox Sports, you can hear the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, on any other day, Adam, major news out of the NBA involving one of the what? 10 or 15 best players in the league being told by his team, nah, bruh, not till you get the vax, uh, would be a main story. Uh, Kyrie Irving has been told by the Brooklyn Nets that they will not accept him as a part-time player. He will either have to submit to the COVID-19 vaccination or he will not be allowed to join the team. That's, of course, because of the local mandates in New York City, of course, in California, as well, uh, it's not because of NBA policy. It's because of what uh, the Nets all have to abide by living in New York. Uh, Adam, I have to admit, with as much power as NFL players, uh, I should say NBA players, tend to have, it kind of shocks me that the Nets were willing to stand up on this one. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, I, I think it, it does to a degree, for sure, that he is such an important part of the organization. He's a key piece of a franchise that believes they have title aspirations. And for all of those reasons, yeah, I think on its surface, it's surprising. But let's let's just think of what they're really giving up. They're not giving up 82 games of Kyrie Irving. They're giving up like what 30 games? He was going to be a part-time player. He wasn't allowed to wasn't allowed to play in home games or road games in what Canada or California. And so or at least San Francisco, at least the Warriors game, not not necessarily the Lakers. but um, So he wasn't going to play all the time anyway, and they were going to have to move practice. Like, they weren't going to be able to practice with him. They were going to have to move everything away from their team facility. It was a lot. There was a lot of sacrifices that were going to have to be made by everyone else to make this happen. And so, yeah, on it, on its face, it's surprising that you would just say, hey, take a hike to one of the more important players in the league – but they're they're not giving up a full season of Kyrie Irving. They're giving up a very, very limited Kyrie Irving and giving up making everything very difficult on everybody else. And I'll I'll come right out and say this as we start. Like I had a I had my meeting today of you know vaccination proving. I don't know if I'm supposed to disclose that. I don't care. Um, you know, if you're not vaccinated as of as of Friday, you're gone. And so I I did it. <laughs> I turned in my I had the meeting, turned in the card. I, this is not something we're not sitting here in judgment of athletes saying we want them to do something we're not doing. Like this, this is something that everybody's dealing with right now. So it's not a special case here. To be clear, you're talking about the day job, I assume. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, the players on the Brooklyn Nets certainly had to have a say in this when it comes to Kevin Durant, when it comes to James Harden, because. We know that Durant and Harden came to this team as a package deal. And what does it mean that Kyrie Irving is not going along with not only the mandate, but his teammates, but the fact that 
this was the number one title contender coming into last year, even coming into the playoffs last season, uh, this year, I should say, coming in. So you know, a lot of questions about players and a lot of questions about uh, their opinions and what they think. And we're going to talk more in a minute about the Las Vegas Raiders and what their players are saying or aren't after they were out there on Friday defending their coach. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. I get emotional talking about it because of situations like this. My civil rights were taken, were, 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 were kind of messed with in high school over the color of my skin. And now being able to mm-hmm. play 14 years in the National Football League, to have something like this of a leader. We talk about leadership. We give guys these big contracts because they want to be able to lead 70 men, coaches, equipment staff, and managers to the number one goal, and that's to win a championship. And for us to be moving back and not forward in 21st century, like I said, man, National Football League, this hurts me. The clock is ticking, man. I'm okay. sorry. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. You hear there the voice of Hall of Famer Randy Moss talking on ESPN's NFL preview show about John Gruden prior to the release of Monday's emails. That was just based on what came out on Friday. Steve Cofield's out. Adam Candy, Adam Hill here on Cofield and Company. Um, We teased earlier that we were going to talk about Mark Davis and his role in everything. So I think it's probably important, Adam, from the perspective of someone in the know like yourself to kind of catch everybody up on what the latest is on what we know that Mark Davis knew and how he proceeded from the time that Friday came around or Thursday night actually came around and he first heard that something was going on with John Gruden to where we are now. Yeah, I, I don't know how fair it is to say that he absolutely 100% knew. What we believe we know is that the Raiders did receive the emails first. They're not first, but they did receive them before uh, they had gone public. We know that they received the one that was released Friday because uh, the Wall Street Journal called them up and said, hey, here's what we have. We're going to run the story, which is standard practice in journalism. I, people, I've seen people getting upset about this. That, that's, that's how it works. You have to give somebody a chance to comment on something like that before it comes out. Um, and so they absolutely knew about that one. What we believe is that the NFL then followed up after that story came out and sent the rest of the emails to the Raiders. Now, we don't know if it was all of them. We don't know if it was this one in particular or these ones in particular, how many of them, how damning. We don't know that particular information, but we have been told that the Raiders at least received materials. And we know that. And if we go back, you know, I, I sent the tweet after Mark Davis's statement on Friday where he said, we've received the email that was reported on and other materials. And at that time, that statement really stuck out to me, and I think other people as well, that said, whoa, what are the other materials? Like, how bad is this going to be? Um, and will we ever hear about them? My guess, uh, and again, total guess, this is not reporting, is that there was a lot of conversations like, okay, how long do we have? When is this coming out? Is this coming out? How do we handle this? How do we try to get ahead of this? Like, all those things I think went on. And somebody had other ideas, and it was published. Now, I, I think you could put the dots together, and 
kind of like speculate. And again, I, I think we have to draw a you know a line between when we're reporting something and when we're kind of just speculating and say somebody with the league office wanted action quicker. And when Gruden was able to coach on Sunday, and then Gruden was able to go to the microphone on Monday and say, we've moved past this, essentially. I think somebody said, no, we haven't. Uh, no, we have not. And so it would make a lot of sense that that would be how the timeline played out. But but I do think we have to be careful about saying Mark Davis absolutely had these offensive emails. Like, he had something. If you want to draw that line and, and take that next step and say he had all of them, maybe. But uh, we won't, won't really know exactly what he had access to, what information he had, how many of the emails that he had. We don't actually have that firmed up. We don't. And I think it's fair, like you're saying, to not pin – 100% uh, accuracy to anything that we've thought about how Mark Davis dealt with this. But I think we can go back, Adam. I think we can go back to Friday. And I think we can go back to Mark Davis allowing John Gruden simply to coach on Sunday based off the Demoris Smith email. Based off calling him Demoris Smith and saying that he had lips the size of Michelin tires. If that isn't enough to at least say... John Gruden should be off the sideline for Sunday, then I think it was a precursor to everything we've seen from Mark Davis since. Because players went out there and talked to you guys in the media on Friday and defended John Gruden, said they had his back, said that it was one email from 10 years ago and that people grow. And if there were other materials, if there was anything beyond that one email, then it's completely indefensible. As it is, it's pretty indefensible. But then it becomes completely indefensible for Mark Davis to allow his players to go out there and defend John Gruden. African-American players to defend John Gruden when he had some inkling that there was even more, that they weren't done with the investigation, that this wasn't just going to be something that they might be able to ride out one time and be done with like John Gruden hoped. Mark Davis now, right now, as in yesterday, owes the state that gave him $750 million to build a stadium in Las Vegas answers. He owes them answers yesterday. And the fact that he or Mike Mayock or someone in the leadership of this franchise didn't come out today and say something, put out a statement, do something even if you don't want to take questions, do something. But the fact that there is complete radio silence from the organization today the day after Mark Davis said, I've accepted John Gruden's resignation, as opposed to seeing those emails, walking in there and saying, get out of here, get out. You want to protect your 60, however many million dollars that were left, Mark Davis, that's your decision. But it doesn't make it any better, Adam, uh, in my eyes, that the organization has chosen to stay silent on this from Monday Night Football till now. Uh, I mean, yeah, and, and I... I want to see what – because they are going to talk eventually. I mean, they have to. <laughs> At some point, they're going to be in the public. And you know, we've seen a couple of coaches comment today um, – or, excuse me, owners comment today um, because they just happen to be making appearances. And, of course, you're going to get asked. Coaches do not do uh, interviews on Tuesday. So tomorrow, coaches all around the league are going to, are going to be asked. Um, we're going to hear more and more. So at some point, Mark Davis is going to be around. It's going to be public. Mike Mayock is going to be in the public. Um, everyone's going to be in the public to answer questions, and we'll see how they handle it. 
Um, I, I want to go back to a couple of things. First, I I, I think the $60 million is a bigger deal. Um, I think it's the only deal, and I think it's why he wasn't fired and why they had to talk him into resigning instead of firing him. Um, and you you get that from a business perspective. I mean, you listen, you want to you want to show that you're serious and you want to show that you're not going to accept that and that, you know, it's zero tolerance and everything else. And you want to make that move and fire somebody. But I'm sure you also have every accountant and every tax person and every business advisor in your building screaming at you. No, you can't fire him. We've got to get him to quit. Like you, 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 it has to, and I don't, and again, I don't know the details um, in the, the, the machinations of the contract, but I would imagine it's much smoother and much easier contractually if you get him to quit. And so that I think was a big deal that they had to get that done. Um, but yeah, there's nothing stopping Mark Davis from talking today. So, you know, we will see um, how that, you know, how that continues to play out and, and who we do hear from and when. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. They slow leaped it. They're like, yeah, so we got DeMar Smith. You said he's got big lips. You sure you don't want to quit your job, John Gruden? Or more importantly, Raiders. You sure you don't want to fire him? And they're like, oh, no, we can weather the big lips. That's not that big a deal. All right, well, we're going to have you out here calling Roger Goodell the F word. Rut roll. Now we got a problem. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. That's Bomani Jones on the Dan Lebertard show earlier talking about how the NFL, we think, we don't know, but we think, uh, released some of the emails around John Gruden that led to his ultimate resignation. Cofield and company on your Tuesday afternoon, Adam Candy, Adam Hill, and of course, Ari at the Finley Toyota Studios and joining us to discuss John Gruden and the Raiders in Las Vegas and beyond our old friend, Mike Pritchard. Uh, former NFL player and Raider Nation host and Beeson host and man of many hats. Uh, Mike, please you joining us uh, this afternoon. How are you doing, man? Adam and Adam, I'm doing great. How you guys doing? <laughs> we uh, we're getting along. There's uh, there's definitely not any shortage of uh, things for us to talk about here. All right. Uh, Welcome to uh, the National Football League, fellas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's, um, there's always something to talk about when it comes to the league, man. Well. We would say, are you ready for some football? Um, but we're talking about everything but football here um, today with John Gruden's resignation. And I'll just start from the you know, the 10,000 foot view here and, and ask you what you're thinking and feeling about what's transpired with John Gruden and the Raiders. Uh, just it's unfortunate all the way around. I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it, really. Um, I think a lot of people were shocked by it and they should be. Uh, a lot of people who think they know a person, uh, including myself, I mean, I, I've had encounters with Coach Gruden, whether it was a player and had a chance to go to Philly as a free agent. And he, we sat down, had beers together as he was the offensive coordinator or or was it, you know, when I was a broadcaster broadcasting arena football, I saw him down in Florida as he was watching his brother coach the team down there. So. Uh, my encounters have been cordial and, and nice, you know, I, but I didn't, I didn't really know coach Gruden. I mean, not personally didn't socialize with him, but, uh, I could imagine for people that did socialize with him and, uh, was in his circles, uh, then, then I, I think this is a shock to him and it should be because this was disappointing, um, on, on many, many levels, but also, 
also just uh, repulsive. I mean, just the behavior or pattern of that kind of behavior is, is it shouldn't be tolerated anywhere. So I, I was interested in, in your thoughts on how Sunday's game played out. I mean, mm-hmm. you, we might be reading too much into it. I think that's absolutely possible. But I will say in four years of covering the team, I've seen bad games. I've seen poor performances. I haven't seen a lack of energy and a lack of just like being into the game like I saw on Sunday. And, and again, could be totally just reading into it because I was looking for it. Is that something that you thought maybe watching the game? Or is that something that's possible that players just had a week where they were like, I don't want to get fired up and play for this dude. <laughs> you know, I think it was a lack of focus too, uh, Adam. Uh, it really, really disappointing. I mean, to drop balls and just miss assignments and you know, all kinds of stuff, that's a lack of focus because you go all week and you practice uh, and then you get the bombshell news, what, Friday, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, and so you're trying to prepare for it and you don't know what's going to happen. You really don't. And internally, what coaches say to us as players is different than what is said out loud or at a podium and, and coaches that tell us that they'll say, look, what I'm saying in here now stays in here. Uh, and, but I'm going to say something different, completely different at the podium. Uh, and I think Gruden is from that kind of thinking. So he probably had a heart to heart with the fellows, man. And he probably laid it on the line. Hey, this is what's going to happen. And this is what could happen. And, and so as a player, if I hear that, if I know that, then yeah, I'm, I'm not going to have a focus because I don't know what my future is going to be. I'm uncertain now. Uh, I mean, this guy could be gone, and then what? So we we saw. I, I think the the game, especially offensively, turned out that way. I thought we saw defensively some intensity, but offensively it was lackluster. It wasn't really a good game plan either, uh, not against that defense. And, and so we saw that play out on Sunday for sure. Mike Pritchard joining us here on Cofield and Company as we discuss. The John Gruden situation. Uh, Mike, I want to piggyback off what you said about being in the locker room, what a coach might say. The reporting that we've had thus far says that John Gruden talked to the players about the Demora Smith email. Uh, and that right. seemed to come out in their responses um, on Friday when they discussed it. And, there's, and a lot of their supportive of him. Um, I'm curious what you think might be going through some of the locker room uh, minds and hearts right now, thinking that. John Gruden, Mark Davis, somebody in the organization might have known that there was even more there, that it wasn't just about one email from 10 years ago, that as you mentioned a moment ago, it's this pattern that goes over the course of, uh, you know, the better part of seven years. Yeah, I think there was more. Uh, and I think the fellas knew about more, uh, to be honest with you, because okay. um, at the podium, like I said, at the podium, what Coach Gruden said was completely different than what played out, right? <laughs> uh, but yet we saw the performance on the field. And as a player internally um yeah uh team meeting after team meeting after team meeting with the fellas like man we, we gotta we gotta find out what the hell's going on here and and i'd be shocked if they didn't have several team meetings already now uh i don't think adam you, you've had access to the players yet because it's their day off but um i'm talking to adam hill sorry yeah. <laughs> but uh no i i haven't just so you know. yeah, right <laughs> Um, but but in terms of I'd be curious to see if they've had team meetings, you know, and, and what, what have they talked about? Because this is this is a, a disruption beyond disruption. I mean, you, I, I could only imagine if you're Derek Carr, what your future looks like right now, <laughs> because you have no guaranteed money. You don't know what direction the, the organization is going to go in. And you thought you were on the same page as the front office, but apparently you weren't. Uh, and same thing with some of the free agents that are on one year deals and. Uh, even uh, draft picks that have fifth-year options and decisions on those. I mean, 
this is the guy i know mike mayock's a gm but this is the guy that is a reason why you're here and now he's gone uh so your career is up in the air right now so i, I you brought up you know covering the team and being around the players and it is different when you're i know this is way inside baseball for people but going in the locker room you yeah. know who you can go talk to, you know, and you've been in locker rooms, obviously, you know who the media knows they can go talk to, who they can get a quote from. You know that there's conversations that are off the record, that are on the record. You can just say, hey, are you cool talking? Are you not cool talking? You can have those conversations. But the way it is now, players are brought to the podium and it's a press conference setting and it's a different era. Right. I, I want to ask from your as a former player, and I know you're a media guy now, but as a former player, is it fair of us to ask these players in a public setting to talk about this situation when, by the way, Gruden really didn't. I mean, Gruden's gone and he doesn't have to answer questions about it anymore. So now, and and I'm thinking in particular of, you know, African-American players and saying, hey, what'd you think of his racist statement? Uh, hey, Carl right. Nassib, what'd you think of his statements about gay people? Like, it's not fair to put it on them, but it's, in some way, like, people want to know. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be unfortunate because that's all you hear. Carl Nassib, Carl Nassib, Carl Nassib. And I mean, the thing about Carl Nassip and what he did, which was so commendable, was he brought awareness, you know, more so than making it about himself. Now I think the story is going to be about Carl Nassip and how he feels right. more so than than the fact that he wanted to bring awareness to uh, a serious problem uh, with with society. To be honest with you, so uh, that gets lost again in all this, but. I get it. I understand. I, I think it is fair, but as players, I think we would expect it too, fellas. I think right. uh, this circumstance, this is this is a story more so than questions about a game. Um, and, you know, guys might say no comment. We, I think we've heard that already. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. I, I don't have anything to say about that, which, which is disheartening a little bit, but it makes it more important for, I believe, the owner, Mark Davis, and I believe uh, Mike Mayock, I believe and anybody else, uh, Rich Basaccia, I mean, all these guys, it makes it more important for them to have a unified message about it, for sure. Because uh, you, you can't you can't sweep this under the rug. This isn't going away. Right. I mean, there could be more emails. Uh, so uh, the league took their action because of what they wanted to do and what they felt about it. And and now the Raiders have to react, too. I mean, that, that's the thing about the National Football League, guys. Everything is always a reaction. They're never out in front of anything. It's always a reaction to something. Some teams overcorrect to the reaction, and some teams get it right. Mike, one more question. We'll let you go here because I thought that's probably the, uh, the the best point that anyone can bring up about this is here we are talking about what the league's role in all of this is again, right? We, we have some indication that they, uh, you know, that they leak these out in a way to force mark davis's hand we know that they also have a lot more information from the washington football team investigation that they're indicating they might not let out there so i guess from from your perspective now that we're once again in one of these reactive situations what do you want to hear from the league at, or what do you want to hear from mark davis at this point to you know to try to address this situation well from the league standpoint and, and knowing how the league works I, I don't i don't know if i'm going to hear anything from the league there there was some high level people highly offended by coach Gruden uh, and they kicked him out the club. That's basically what they did. I mean, they vote on owners, they vote on everything and they, they're, they're a club, even though they're, they're a collection of 32 owners, but they're a club. And they saw this guy um, 
say some insulting things and insulting a lot of people, including themselves and their friends, and they didn't like it. You know, they'll tell you what a privilege it is to play in the National Football League, right? And if you violate that, I don't care who you are, a coach, player, GM, exec, it doesn't really matter. This is this is our club. This is our thing. Uh, and they protect it. It's called the shield. That it is. And they certainly have put that shield up, Mike. Uh, there's, there's no question. Uh, thank you very much for giving us a little bit of time. Mike Pritchard, of course, uh, you guys know him, former NFL player and man about the town on media these days in Las Vegas. Thanks again, Mike. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right. Mark McMillan joins us on the other side. He played uh, for John Gruden in Philadelphia. We're going to hear more from Mark here in just a minute on Cofield and Company. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. They gave him a lot of power. And because of that, he felt invincible. That's why he could issue statements like he issued. Mind you, I don't even know if people have touched up on this. The Raiders have the first openly gay NFL player on a 53-man roster. That's even crazier to me. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Keyshawn Johnson is, of course, never shy. Uh, you will always find out what is on his mind from throwing the damn ball all the way to talking about John Gruden. Uh, as yes, I know we have spent a lot of time talking about John Gruden and the Raiders already on Cofield and company here today with Adam Candy, Adam Hill, Ari back at the Finley Toyota studios. But folks, I think we need to, we need to keep the perspective wide here and understand that when the Raiders announced their move to Las Vegas and the NFL owners approved it and the state poured $750 million into a stadium, this immediately became the biggest sports story in Nevada, in the history of the state, in the history of the city. Um, Yes, Jerry Tarkanian, 1989, it'll always be there. But this is now in a pro sports town, an NFL franchise, it's the story. That is it. And the Raiders letting go of, uh, we'll say letting go of, he resigned. But essentially, John Gruden was pressured into resigning from his 10-year, $100 million contract as the face of the franchise. Don't forget, when they were moving here, when the billboards were up at the Elysian Stadium site, when it was just dirt, the face on those billboards was not Derek Carr. Obviously, it wasn't Khalil Mack. It was John Gruden. It was Chucky in the visor. Mark McMillan joins us. We're going to talk more about the Raiders' situation, where they go from here, what it might be like for the players trying to recover from this. Uh, What more might we still hear from the league? And, of course, Mark, uh, thank you very much for giving us some of your time. Man, we know that that you know Gruden a little bit from your time in Philadelphia. Um, Where are you standing today, Mark? What what, what are you thinking? What are you feeling uh, after everything that we've heard over the last few days? Um, it, it's been so much, man. This is, uh, like I said, this is the headline across the country. Um, you know, you, you would think, um, I, I, I'm, I'm still like shocked and a little lost for words. I talked to Rando, I talked to Byron Evans, you know, we all played under, you know, with John and I've been knowing John for a man since like 94, 95. And, you know, I saw Tim Brown come out with his statement. Uh, Mike Tirico, Tony Dungeon, all those guys weighed in on it, and I, I got I got those same sentiments, man. I, I never, obviously, you know, things come out. 
but as far as just having a conversation, sitting down, chopping it up, uh, being around that man, you know, for, you know, a year and a half, every day, uh, in the locker room, you know, just me and Ray Rhodes, uh, you know, who, who actually brought him in, you know, uh, to, to be our coordinator in Philly. And I, I just, it's just hard. I understand, you know, people, uh, you know, make mistakes and I, I, I won't condemn them. You know, I don't agree with uh, the, the emails leaked out. Um, I don't want people to think like, oh, my God, he's defending them. Like, not, I don't agree with it. Um, but Lord knows, uh, you know, um, we all got some dirt, you know, in, in our past. And, you know, some some have dirt right now. But when you, uh, you know, the face of the franchise, um, you know, things like that, you just can't have, uh, you know, come out of your mouth or even put in the words. And it, it's definitely going to be a domino effect. John is just, in my opinion, one of the guys that, you know, that was a scapegoat that uh, is probably going to be some bigger fish to fry, but the owners are sitting in those luxury box, man, you know, still still doing what they do. Uh, I know Washington is, is constantly under the radar. You know, Schneider, you know, you go for crap. You know, all those guys, you cannot tell me those guys don't have emails, but those <laughs> their stuff was public. <laughs> and it's, it's not like, you know, it was leaked. Their stuff was public. And nothing, you know, what were the consequences of maybe a draft pick or a little a little fine. But, uh, you know, I, I, my prayers go out to John and his wife. You know, I know he's been battling a while, you know, with his mom being sick with cancer. Uh, so, that, that, you know, I know him on a personal level, but from a business standpoint, uh, you know, it had to be done. Um, you know, you look at the game last week against the Bears, a game that I picked they should have won. The players looked like they were a little flat. Um, you know, that that's a big distraction. And, you know, it showed on the field. And, um, you know, he, he was on the hot seat, man. It was like if he would have won that game, he still would have got fired, you know. So uh, some of the stuff that came out in those emails, and I'm sure there's going to be more stuff that's going to be coming out, it's like, man, who did they have digging in those emails all those years? And I want to see some emails from the owners and see what those guys are talking about. You're going to tell me Jerry Jones? Don't have a, a, a trail of emails or stuff that he said about, you know, different races and, and, and different genders. I find that hard to believe. But no one's going to touch Jerry or Mr. Kraft, though. Well, luckily, Jerry Jones wouldn't be caught dead talking to somebody in the Redskins organization. Uh, so it's not going <laughs> to turn up in this. Uh, in this, Like, listen, locker rooms are, are an interesting place. And I think often people on the outside refer to What's how's this going over in the locker room? As if everyone has the same opinion. Like that's not the case. Everybody has different opinions right. about everything, right? So uh, right. I, I'm sure there's some people in the locker room that said, "Hey, he's been good to me. I love him. Uh, I wish he was still here." And others that are outraged and wanted him out. And there's going to be differing opinions. But how can that play out in the locker room? I mean, if there's a couple people that are divided from everybody else, is that like is that bring down the entire season? How can they move forward from this? Um, I don't think it brings down the entire entire season. As a, this is a profession. This is your job. You're you're paid to go out and perform at a high level. You know, it's not like high school or, you know, college, but, you know, you're a professional athlete, and, you know, you got to be able to push things to a side. Uh, like I said, this is a week-to-week league. You can't say, okay, we lost last week, so we're going to carry that on to next week. You lose that game on Sunday, you come back into that meet, then that building on Monday, and you're ready to rock and roll for the next opponent. So, um, there, there are probably going to be some guys that's going to be talking. I'm sure they ain't going to be texting or sending emails. <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're going to be talking, you know, face to face. They're, you know, so 
Um, I, like I said, if I was in the locker room, I'd say, hey, man, you know, it is what it is. We just got to keep rolling. We're, we're still 500. You know, we're still in the hunt. Uh, we still got a really good football team, and we can, you know, still make a, a run at this playoffs in the division. And, you know, you just got to move on from it. And, you know, John is no longer in the building. So, you know, guys can't sit back and say, well, you know, John was my guy. I'm not going to play as hard. That's bull crap. You know, you're going to pay money to perform a job that you get paid ridiculous amounts of money for, for you know, for. So I know him and Carr was, you know, that was his guy. It was a rocky relationship. Um, you know, you look at his performance on Sunday, it wasn't his best performance. Uh, so who knows what was going on in those meetings between him. Did John kind of hint to him like, hey, man, this is a little out of my control, so I might be out of here. You just never know. But the locker room is a place that, that's supposed to be sacred. You know, there, there there's guys that I talked to over the last couple of days, man. I was like, there's no way we're going to leak some of the stuff that we said, uh, you know, in the locker room. There's no way. You just you, you take it to your grave. Mark McMillan joining us here on Cofield and & Company. And, and, Mark, I know you're not defending, you know, the content of any of that. I'll, I'll pull back the curtain for people a little bit. Uh, I remember being with you down at Golden Nugget uh, back in 2019 doing the Friday football show and having – a dude walk by us and flash us a very racist uh, hand signal, and you were ready to jump over the table and uh, and go after that dude. So I guess I, I'm curious, you know, when not just with John Gruden, but what's been your experience at, at points in your life with people who you did feel like, hey, I, I feel like I know this guy, I feel like I know this woman, right? And something like what you're what you're finding out comes out. I, I'm assuming it's got to be something that that you know that makes you mad, makes you sad. I don't know. Yeah, it, it makes you mad. Um, you know, obviously I was upset, you know, and also makes you sad because, you know, at the end of the day, he's a, he's a human being. You know, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a man with a family. Um, you know, I know a lot of people, you see most of the stuff comes like, oh, my God, 10 years, $100 million, everything is about money, money, money. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he is a human being. And, you know, we have to uh, watch the way we, you know, cast stones on somebody else, you know. So, um and, you know, Randall preached on that the other day about turn the other cheek. You know, somebody slap you on one side, you just got to turn the other cheek. And that's the hard part. You know, so it's like, okay, I got slapped on the cheek, but now I'm supposed to turn and, and be like okay with it. So, you know, it's just a mixed mix, mix emotions. And, you know, from me coming from California to going to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, there's some stuff that, that I heard in two years at Tuscaloosa that I would never want anybody to have to experience. And, you know, we had to still go out there and perform. In front of the same crowd that we knew Monday through Friday, we were a certain race. You know, we were, we went and then Saturday, we're all of a sudden we're heroes in Alabama football player. So you know, I've I've, I've been on both sides uh, of the coin, and you know, playing with teammates that didn't agree with me, uh, whether political, religion, or even the color of my skin, and we had to play with these guys. And Coach Dollars did a good job of you know weeding those guys out. And, you know, making sure that we were all on one accord. We go 6-4 and four my junior year, and then once he cleaned house, the next year we went 10-1, and one, and the following year they won a national championship. So, uh, you know, I, I've seen it, and, you know, we still see it today. I know we were talking about it when we were in the administration the last, what, four years. Come on, man. <laughs> we, we didn't see a whole bunch of stuff come out, you know, in Washington, D.C. And what was the consequences? You know, you still get your four years in, and you know now you're out there on the golf course. You're just chilling. 
<laughs> Last thing I want to ask you, Mark, have you have you gone through an interim coach in the, at the NFL level? Um, I've, I've never coached at the inter at the NFL level. I've coached at the college level. I've no, coached no, at the high I mean, school as level. a player, as a player, did you ever have an interim coach? Um, yeah, Coach Mora. Uh, when uh, his dad, uh, Jim Senior, uh, walked away when we were in New Orleans. How uh, you know, how do how do you guys respond to that? Uh, we we just scrapped it up. Like I said, we you know obviously he came out in the meeting, and me, Eric Island, and Anthony Newman were sitting there like, "Yo, well, wait a minute, we just played Sunday." And he comes in on Monday. It's like he's done. We're like, what do you mean? <laughs> You're the same guy that's telling us to never quit and never die and you know go fight. And you know we we you know we won some games uh, and we lost some games. We didn't have a really good team. But like I said, my mindset was like, okay, well, who's the new coach? Um, I'm playing for my job uh, because I got to play for a new guy. And you know we just went out there and did the best we could. Um, then Mike Ditka comes in. And, you know things didn't work out with uh, with that. I'm sure. If you, I'm sure if you look at his emails. <laughs> uh, back in the day with him and Buddy Buddy Ryan, but they didn't have emails back then. But I'm sure there's some stuff that those guys said between each other that that you can't say on the radio either. Some stone carvings between those two. <laughs> there, there it is, Mark. You know, you know, back in those days, man, it's just things things being said. Uh, I guarantee, man, you go on the field, man. There's a lot of stuff that's being said with players. Um, obviously, the game has changed a lot. These guys are more friendly with each other. It's not as physical. It's not as like, you know, it's like a war. Uh, but, you know, back then, man, there was some stuff we said to the Cowboys. We hated them. We didn't like the Reds, you know, Washington. We didn't like the Giants. We didn't like the, the Cardinals. And whatever advantage that you can use to try to defeat that guy and, and get him off his game, you use that to your advantage. And nowadays, man, you just can't say uh, – you, you can say the N-word. You can call us all kind of N-words, and we'd be like, okay, we forgive you. But if you say something like, you know, like David Chappelle was saying in his stand-up, oh, boy, they're coming at you. Well, Mark, uh, the, uh, we are talking about one, not only one of the biggest stories in, uh, in Las Vegas, but one of the biggest stories nationally. And we appreciate you uh, lending us a little bit of insight from, uh, from knowing uh, your experience with Gruden and your experience in the NFL and college. And uh, we'll, we will be talking to you soon. I appreciate it, man. I know y'all down with that hip hop movement. I know, I know my man Adam, Adam and Candyman down with that hip hop. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, <laughs> you're talking to the right people, man. You're talking to the right people. And Ari too. We're going to throw him in there as well. So, Mark McMillan here on uh, Cofield and Company. Back in a moment with much, much more Gruden. Oh, and the Golden Knights start tonight. Stick around. Cofield and Company returns in minutes in the Finley Toyota Studios.